of the mother-daughter crazy uh, publishing team here at Big Blend, and uh, she's always swimming around in her geek tank. That's her job. But uh, you just heard <laughs> Sleeping Hard, Waking Slow from the brand new and rockin' road trip worthy album. It's going to make you want to go on a road trip, and if you go on a road trip, you need to get it. It's called Other Desert Cities. It's by Bay Station, and check them out at baystationband.com. And apparently they went from the ocean to the desert to record this and write up all the material. It's excellent. Uh, and we're really excited because the co-founder of the band is with us right now, Deborah Crooks. Welcome, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, it is awesome to chat with you. And listening to this album, it, I just it's an immediate thing. We're always on the look for really good road trip music that uh, tells stories, has visuals in your mind, you know, that it gets you like all like, you know, takes you into places that, yeah, you know, stories, uh, you know, personally or friends and family, this, those stories that are so important. But there's something a, like a travel element to your album uh, that I think is really interesting. And apparently you did a little travel to write it. That's true. I uh it's exactly what you correct. Uh we we wrote 
most of it on in in the Joshua Tree area because we go down mm-hmm. there to and write for like weeks at a, a time. And then uh, during that time when we were writing these, this album, we also did a cross country tour. Um, and so a few okay. of the songs, um, especially everybody's business, I would say, mm-hmm. is a lot about driving across, especially the Southwest, because we were touring through Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. So uh, I'm glad that came through. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did. It felt like it. And you did have, like, there was just nuances of places that I, you know, can identify with. Nancy and I definitely, we both lived up in the Joshua Tree area. And um, we are based here in Tucson, Arizona, and we are on a, you know, lifelong quest to visit every national park unit we covered in our nationalparktraveling.com uh, website and, and Parks and Travel magazine that you're going to be featured in. And, you know, I know that travelers are always looking for road trip music. There's something about that that's part of going on a road trip to go see a park. And I love when you have that, that there's a coexistence between the human and the, and, um, the animal element and the desert element and the, the natural element. Um, where there's there's a coexistence in there, no matter what the human is going through, because <laughs> the humans are going through stuff in this album. <laughs> this is true, and the first the song you just played, "Sleeping Hard, Waking Slow," I think that's one of the ones we most tried to have it from a different perspective. And we were in mm-hmm. Joshua Tree when we wrote that, so that's as you know, full of coyotes and desert tortoise and bighorn sheep, cool. and um, so even though a lot of those aren't named specifically uh, that we were definitely influenced by the landscape and the, and the creatures of the desert. Oh man. And the desert's a trip. Now I know that you're Alameda, uh, California is where you're based out of near Oakland. And uh, before we went live here, you got me to look at a map and take a look at exactly where you were. <laughs> and it's interesting because Nancy and I were um, at one point on our quest with parks, we were on the road for three years nonstop and Point Reyes and Muir Beach, you know, Muir Woods National Monument, which includes the beach, uh, was we covered that area, and then we were gonna like, okay, let's hop over to Richmond and, you know, that area because there's so many national park units. You have, uh, you have actually uh, John Muir National Historic Site is actual farm is there in your area region, I should mm-hmm. say, not too mm-hmm. far from you. Yeah. Then there's Port Chicago Naval Magazine, which is a national memorial. And you also have Rosie the Riveter <laughs> National Park Unit there, as well as um, you've got Rosie the Riveter, and there's one more. Oh, Eugene O'Neill is a National Historic Site. So a lot of history where you are, but you're on an island. So, like, you're, you you wave to Oakland, right, from where you live? <laughs> Basically. And Alameda has lots of uh, history. No, no national parks yet, but it, it, at the turn of the last century, it was they had a big amusement park here, and they called it the, the Coney Island of the West. And then there was a naval base for years here that, um, mm. so there's, it's gone through a lot of transitions and then there's a, but there's a little beach and there's a bird sanctuary and it's more regional park at this point, but we're close of course oh, nice. to Golden Gate, Golden Gate Headlands. Yeah. And then you mentioned Muir Woods, which is a favorite place. And I like to say it's like the equal and opposite of the desert. Cause it's the one thing we don't mm-hmm. have here. <laughs> we don't have it's, the desert. We don't have those craggy rocks and cactus, you know. So it's, it's different. But at, well, at number one, the the cactus to me, they're like coral. We we feel like we're in an ancient seabed, mm. which we are. I mean, you can find mm. shark teeth and stuff. And wherever we're hiking, we're like, dude, this is underwater. I don't care what anyone says. And like when a snake uh-huh. comes out, you're like, dinosaur alert. 
you know, even the roadrunners, <laughs> the dinosaurs, you know. So it's kind of trippy, and, and your area to me is so beautiful, and a lot of my friends from that area come down to the desert just for that complete, you know, difference, because it, it is night and day. When we go up to your area, and it's so green, and there's water, and it, I mean, and it's chilly compared, we're like, right. this is, like, you really start to hug trees, you get a little dilly, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's silly about it, because... It's intoxicating to us desert dwellers, um, but coming out to Joshua Tree, what sparked that and to go in as an actual writing retreat? Well, I think exactly for probably why you chose to live in the in the desert. I mean, there's something, mm. and what it what like I said, like I I think there's just something that that I mean, we're definitely not the first people who have fallen in love with the desert, and you know, short of living there, we we just found going down there for. A week or two at a time. I mean, I've been going there for years. So when I was in college, oh, okay. you know, I had climber climber friends, and uh, I think mm. it just works on you. That vis the vistas are different than anything. You know, it's mm-hmm. got this kind of in ingrained meditative kind of vibe, and I think the heat, the different the the considerations about the environment require you to pay attention in a different way. Um, snakes. I don't know. I just it's yeah, snakes. <laughs> I've been forced to think about them a lot. The snakes. We, we, we hang out with snakes out here quite a bit. So I was like, I cracked up because I think you had snakes in both, like two songs in in the album. I hear snake. I'm like, okay, so did they see snakes or what? Like, did you encounter well, a snake? You know, we were we did not encounter a snake, but that was the thing that people will tell you. And when you go and spend time in the desert, like don't leave your doors open and watch out when you're backing up that you don't hit a turtle or a snake. So mm-hmm. um, that those were, uh, I think we saw some snakes actually when we were in Arizona on that tour. I think we feel like we saw some king snakes, but I haven't seen snakes when I've been in Joshua Tree. They've just I've seen lots of lizards like the. the um, <laughs> Gila monsters and the, um, there's another kind I can't remember. Oh, that's cool! You saw Gila, yeah. you saw the Gila monsters out. That's cool. They're tripping. Yeah. Well, they're crazy. And those chuckwallas and those chuckwallas. I, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. The one time, you know, it was during the day. I think we were about to do a show. This is back when we lived in the Joshua Tree area. We lived in Twenty Nine Palms. It's a, the northern entrance mm. to uh, Joshua Tree. So we we're right there. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're also open to the Mojave, you know, a national preserve. And, but anyway, Nancy's working away and looks up, and there's this huge chuckwalla. Like, there's a shadow that, you know, comes <laughs> over the window. And she's like, what the hell, man? She looks out, and there's this huge chuckwalla stuck on her window. And it was the coolest, biggest, like, it was like, it, yeah, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, they're trippy. They're, I, yeah, I, I remember hiking and seeing a lot of those. And they're they're definitely considerable (laughs) i know right but there's something magical i think that's creative like there's open skies and there's also heightened awareness when you're hiking around in places like this um to be very very aware i remember point reyes even being like that with all the wildflowers were out in bloom it was actually in march i can't remember what year um but it, it, it was about two or three years ago i should say and it was incredible in spring i mean there were wildflowers popping wild iris and then all the seals, the elephant seals were in and breeding and carrying on. And it was just like you, there's this heightened awareness. 
And I feel like your album has that, and yet this freedom of what nature does. Like, you know, the desert, you have to be aware because you could put your hand on a scorpion when you lean back by accident or something like that. Mm. However, there's this incredible freedom of these big, wide-open skies and sunrises and sunsets, and just it's a magical, incredible place. So I feel like your album has this, it, it's road trip music. It's got incredible rhythm, incredible melodies. You just you get it immediately. But you've got these stories, and it's to me that is what the desert is. That there's this freedom, and I and travel does that. There's a freedom to your music. Thank you. Uh, should we hear another song, or how, well, you, you want you want everyone to hear one? Okay. So what we had thought was <laughs> fire song, fire song. So tell us about that, because this one's a little bit. To me, a little calmer, a little more intimate. Yeah, well, this is uh, this was inspired by a story I read. There's a publication in that comes out of Joshua Tree called the Desert Oracle. It's like a quarterly publication. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. If you like stories, pick up your Desert Oracle. And um, there was an article about a fire in Marfa, Texas, and I thought that's so that we we were writing. Mm you know, every day just getting up and writing songs. I'm like, that's a really interesting idea. So I kind of wrote from the imagined perspective of someone who'd been through that fire. And uh, so it's a little more universal in the end, but it was directly um, inspired by this article I read in the Desert Oracle. So wow. uh, definitely. And then after, and then there's been a lot of fires in California this year. So I, I wrote mm-hmm. it before all the fires, but just knowing people who've been through having to start over, um, so it's really about that, like going through something, you know, a disaster and how do you recover? <laughs> so exactly. No, I know I've, we've been through them <laughs> personally in the, in right. California, we've been through some of them, but, um, I was going to, mm. I was going to say, have you been to Marfa ever? Just since you've been traveling around the Southwest, I had to ask You know, that. I, we, we missed it, but we were so close oh. and I'm hoping to get there next. Hopefully we're going to do another tour of that length next year and hopefully get back there. So, oh, cool, cool. You got to keep it. us posted. Yeah. We, we've, we've been through real quick. We were on our way from Tucson to uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, and mm. we took a detour, you know, which is always good to do when you're growing, going that far. But um, it was crazy. Like, the West Texas is incredible terrain, but they have, like, a Prada store in the middle of nowhere off the side of a road. It's like a little exhibit. <laughs> Of shoes, like it's crazy. But they're all into the radio out there is all about UFOs and everything. And I think that's really neat mm-hmm. that you picked this up in a story and you know it, the Desert Oracle and Joshua Tree because there's a connection between the two places that you, you just have to do them both and then you'll know what I mean. And that's that. Okay. <laughs> but here it good, is. Good to know. Good place. I know there is a de- definite connection there, and also you know the sky, right? You got the desert night skies. Right. Did you experience that at night where it's all the twinkly? Stars oh, and yeah. I mean real night sky, like real. <laughs> it's definite, it's real. But uh, everybody, here it is, fire, fire song, and again, it's off of the album Other Desert Cities by Bay Station. You can go to baystationband.com. <laughs>
like a rat chased by a dog. Truck sirens blared, a horn through the fog of our disbelief in what we saw. Run, you said. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of bed. Two stories, ten units, fifty years, lifetimes of history. Gone up in smoke one night on a high desert street. The neighbor has her daughter. I grabbed a guitar and the cat You were wearing your pajamas And your favorite hat Everyone got out to safety This glass broke and smoke poured No one could utter words Or save anymore Founder Deborah Crooks here with us. Deborah, you know the fire, the, the fire song to me is it's intimate. It's very real to me, having gone through a number of wildfires mm-hmm. and evacuated a bunch, and uh, had a lot of friends who lost their places and have been through that. And it's you always think, yeah, what what are you going to take, you know? And 
Um, but that's such a when you go through those kinds of experiences, it does stay with you for the rest of your life in some way, and you again get more aware. But that song to me, it's so intimate, and it almost feels like you're sitting in like a like, or outside actually around a campfire or something like that. Even though it's a fire song, that I feel it's so intimate where you're just sitting in a very calm place, you know. And so it's interesting to me that this album is a studio album because it has a very live feel to me. I when I first listened to it, I listened to the full thing and then I go back and I listen and listen. The my immediate take was like this is I feel like I'm sitting in like you know, an an old bar for some reason watching <laughs> you guys play. Like I I don't know those road stop bars, but it's intimate, it's cool. Like you feel like you're in a real small town locals bar that's super cool and you're like, damn, I'm so glad I found it. That's what it feels like. So it, yeah, tell us about recording it. Let's hear about the band. Who's 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 on the album? Well, uh, I was just going to say we have played at the Joshua Tree Saloon, which you've probably been to. So yes, <laughs> um, of course. Speaking of <laughs> cool. roadside, small town, cool vibes bars. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we played the night after because we um, well on the album. I should say it's Kwame Copeland, who is the co-founder mm-hmm. of the band with me, and we wrote all the songs together. And then Mike Stevens on drums. And he did the mixing and co-produced it. And then uh, we have um, Ben Bernstein plays bass on half of it. And Chris Beanster plays bass on the other, another maybe a little less than half. And then Steve Waters, who's um, the lead guitarist in the band, uh, is playing a lot of lead guitar. And then we have a couple guests, some friends. Um, our friend Michael McNevin played electric on that song you just heard. Mar- um, fire song mm. and then uh, our friend Joan Ruder who's here now Anita she put fiddle on the song you heard earlier Sleeping mm. Hard Waking Slow so and uh, we but we because we'd written the songs in the desert I'm like we got to take the band down to the desert to record <laughs> mm. so we and it, cool. uh, it's interesting you picked up it, what all the basics were done live so it does have a live feel because the guitars yeah. and the drums and bass were all played at the same time. And then we just did overdubs as needed. But we recorded the bulk of it at um, a studio outside of Joshua Tree called Gatos Trail Studio. And that mm-hmm. was great because it was a desert landscape. Um, J- uh, Dan, Joe Wright, has this great studio out there. And he, um, you know, where you walk out of the studio and it's, you know, the beautiful joshua tree uh, landscape and so we uh played we did the bulk of the recording there and then we um came home nice. and finished finished mixing it at mike's studio in hayward so awesome that is awesome because it has that vibe to me and it's like you know you feel like you're in this you just you know a small intimate performance and then you have songs that rock out and it's like okay this is cool this is this is what i want to here and and be around you know you go out and you want to go hear a band it's like okay you have the big crazy stadium stuff but there's something about having a really good band in a place that everybody can breathe and be free <laughs> you know that's like i said mm-hmm. I'll go back with that freedom feeling again so the other thing too the musicianship is incredible and you know you've got mm. slide you've got you know some different rhythms and you know then you you do go even clean up that song has to me it just feels like that song hit me at home like it has kind of a little Johnny Cash vibe in it, 
And it feels uh-huh. like, you know, someone going through change. Tell us about that song. Well, that's uh, you probably can relate to this because you've been basically on tour a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there's always the coming home after you've been all these places and how it's good to be home, but it also feels mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, uh, different. Um, yeah, you, you want to go back out. Kinda, yeah, you want to go back out. You want to be home, but you're like things have changed in your town since you've been gone, and then, and then, uh, you know, then you then you're ready to go back. You're kind of just getting used to things again, and it's time to go again. Mm. So it's kind of about that tension of coming home from all these trips and cleaning cleaning up literally, and um, how your car, your vehicle gets after you've been in it a long time. I mean, it sounds yeah. like you were touring, so <laughs> you have stuff and you have snacks and you have you know clothing that needs to find a laundry and so it's just kind of about that that whole feeling. and you end up you end up home with less clothing that's what happens somewhere <laughs> along the line something got left somewhere and it's always the one thing you didn't want to leave somewhere in public no god i don't know but it gets out there you know that's what i've, I've experienced is like clothing goes away unless you're into shopping but uh the other that part i understand that coming home i just believe that every time we leave our house and go out somewhere. You have this experience. So there's always a change. You always come home a changed person. And it's it could be like, okay, I was on the road, now I'm home. And I have to now be like, okay, back to schedules and stuff like that. But you come back a changed person. And I think we're, when we come home, we have this, I know when we came back from being on the road for three years, we had to like, it was like almost this downloading of information that went through our bodies, like almost went through this crazy mm. experience where we slept, 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 and didn't realize how exhausted we were, but all this information was coming through us. Like it was just this, okay, you need to reflect on everything, and now you need mm. to learn the lessons. That's kind of how mm. I feel about that kind of stuff. Feel mm-hmm. that way too. I mean, traveling and being on tour as a band too, that's crazy, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. You every time you go out in the world, you kind of expand a little more, you know, because you have mm. to. And so there's, I, I, and you, yeah, and like the lessons always different. I mean, but there's just a, I think that's why people get the travel bug because you learn so much and have insights about things and see things that you just couldn't mm. imagine otherwise. So, mm-hmm. um, I think you have made your life of that clearly. So. So definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's always always something to learn. Okay, so now I have to ask about Look But Don't Touch, the second song on the album. <laughs> okay, because now on the way, and I don't know if it's still there, on the way, if you take six, Highway 62 from I-10, going from L.A. towards Joshua mm-hmm. Tree, and you head mm-hmm. towards Morongo Basin, there's an interesting, you know, you've got this beautiful little Morongo Basin, uh, you know, the big canyon, Morongo Basin Canyon Preserve, where you can go in and see birds and walk on this beautiful boardwalk through a wetland, and everything is really cool. But almost across the street, there's this adult entertainment and then a family restaurant right next to it, a family restaurant and an adult entertainment store. And I was thinking, okay, but look, don't touch is, also something that you hear about if you go on a hike, especially taking kids, don't pick up a stick. You don't know if it's a stick. You know, don't touch the cactus. So you could go that way or um, tell us tell us where this song is really originating from. 
Well, I think you got it exactly right. There, we were driving, we had passed through the Moronga Basin, and we were coming to Yucca Valley. And yeah, there yeah. Was a woman, there was a woman waving the, the first line of the song. It's literally, that's what we saw, a woman waving a sign for a triple X store. So then... Okay, so it I is that, that one, that, that corner. Yes. <laughs> that door is like yes. That. Wow. Next to the family restaurant. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... And so, again, since that we that we were there to write, you know, what I just imagined my, you know, imagine, made, it, made up an imagined life for this person. And uh, the, you know, and just what it could have, you know, what it might have been, you know, how that would be to survive that yeah. way. And, and then, and also, yeah, I mean, I think um, I didn't think of it literally the way you did about look, but don't touch, but that may have gotten into come into it and just how you can be mm. in this beautiful beautiful place and um you know how, humans are fascinating creatures <laughs> people yeah. are all living these different ways and uh just and maybe not to assume anything too and just to write from the perspective of someone mm. making a living that way I mean I have that like I said, it's a fictional character in the end, but that was the leaping off place. You were correct. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. Because that's so funny. Because I, you know, we drive down there, and I used to always like really drive through the park because I love the park. And then in summertime, you see bighorn sheep in certain areas coming down mm-hmm. for water, and um, there's just this magical thing. But then every time I went down that, I was like going, really, that's the entrance to this region. Like, welcome to. <laughs> Joshua Tree, right. you know, the general, you know, welcome to our hood, you know, she looks friendly, um, but, <laughs> you know, I used to always crack up about that, so I just, when I was here, I was like, that's funny, that is so funny, okay, now, okay, so Baja Blue sneaks in here, too, which I find interesting, because we used to live in Ensenada, and so oh, I was wow. like, I, yeah, and so the, you're talking about the borderlands and there's like that whole, I mean, I think we've always lived on the border somewhere. There's something very cool. And, and um, we had a very, very, when we lived out there, it wasn't that long, but we would go back and forth to see a dear, dear friend who's since passed. And it's like every time of anything, we see anything of Mexico, like my heart and my mom's heart, Nancy's heart, you know, we just are like, ah, oh, where's the Commodore? You know, because mm. he, he was the Commodore of the Yacht Club. And, and to be, in the yacht club, you had either had to you have to own a yacht, been on a yacht, seen a yacht, or know somebody who's seen a yacht. That's what the yacht club <laughs> is like. It's a drinking club over there, pretty much. I don't think it's in existence anymore, but it's a little expat community over there. But it, so to me, it was like that song just it, it just it touched every part of that, you know, missing of somebody. For me, that's my own personal mm. thing, having been there. So did you go over the borders? What I want to know. <laughs> No, I mean that's what's funny that I love wow. this because uh that's a fiction, definitely, and we wrote it because we had um we were in this contest to write a song in two days and you were given an inf- given an influence on the first day, and uh the influence they gave us was um Jimmy Buffett. So Jimmy Buffett, of course, writes about, you know, Florida Keys and has a lot of drinking songs. So um, we just, since we were immersed in the desert in the Southwest, but we didn't get to Baja yet, <laughs> um, we we wrote this song and kind of riffed off of a drinking song, uh, you know, 
drinking Corona. I knew the yacht and... club was involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Right. But we do have, That's we so do, funny. like I said, it's the Alameda connection with the, the boat friendliness. So, um. <laughs> oh, see, there we go. That's it. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. How funny is that? Because, yeah, it, when we were there, actually the yacht club, that's we had a band in San Diego when we lived out there, and um, oh fun! That was our first gig was for the yacht club, and oh fun! Then when we came back over the border, and that was interesting to now suddenly just go on the road from San Diego to Ensenada with a band, but cross the border, and then mm-hmm. come back, and one gets arrested, and then we find the other one probably should have, and like that whole like mm. that was that changed things. And I could write a book <laughs> about well, the band. But, I hope you. But that, I hope you do. That, <laughs> it was crazy, but that was that's so funny about this. The, the connections on this. Okay, I know we're gonna play Base Station Wiggle. I'm excited about this because you do just want to shake your your booty. You do, and um, that's just one of the. It's very. You've got you've got some. Um, you, you you tend to like your music goes back into certain places of time and and brings it to the forefront like you're carrying a torch for certain styles mm. or just a, but but in this like just mm. a, a, you know just a little bit of it you have your own sound I mean and I love it it's just immediately as you start playing you're like oh this is so cool but you have like that that song obviously and uh, like I was saying cleanup has a little Johnny Cash to me and this one definitely a uh, little Chuck Berry you know but there's that vibe and yeah. it's like it reminds us again that freedom of having some fun definitely and that was written that goes with the road trip because we, when you're on the road a lot you when you get to the rest stop I'd get out and I'm like I got to wiggle cuz you've been sitting so long in the car <laughs> And then we kind of wrote Wiggle as almost not seriously, like, and then we played it at a party and it, we just, it, it, people like, like the Wiggle. So the Wiggle lives. <laughs> the Wiggle rocks. And I love the Wiggle. Oh, I'm so glad. And it's great because of course we have two really good guitar players in the band so they can just go to town and we, it's a lot of fun. You, the instrumentation to me is amazing. You got, and I love the slide parts. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, everybody's business. I love that song so much because mm. there's just these nuances that come in and, and the finger picking in that, you know, there's just these really, the guitar pieces are just incredible. I was going to ask, um, in, before, before we play this and go, okay, so you, I want to know, like, the band is going to perform a house party. You're going to invite three people over and you're going to play the songs from the album. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a house party. So okay. we want to know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're, so they're coming over to visit you in Alameda. Okay. Cause you know, they want to go to an island. <laughs> so they're coming over to Alameda. Can they drive over? I just got to make sure. Like, yes, you take yes, the ferry? yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, they can, can drive both. over. You can just <laughs> So we want to know the three people that you're going to invite to this house party that you're going to perform, you know, the entire album. They could be alive or passed on. It could be fictional. It doesn't matter. Three people that you're going to invite to the party. But we also want to know what you're going to serve. <laughs> we want we want the the menu. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. What, um, I know. Nice. Well, I should tell you this beforehand, but no. <laughs> that's all right. Work this that is way. good. I mean. 
well, I'm going to probably stick with musicians because we'd want to jam with them after. <laughs> cool. So, right so I'd pro- we'd probably we'd probably invite Tom Petty, who were nice all all morning because he's the coolest, you know. And he then is, yeah. uh, I think, um, gosh, this is hard. I think we'll, I, we'll I want Tom people. Petty there too. Like he yeah, then you can. It's got a lot of yeah, and then. Eddieisms in there, like <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. I think you'd love and it. And then, and then, um, gosh, this is so hard. Uh, I'm a big Lucinda Williams fan, so I'd want her yeah. to like say, Ooh. like I said, we we'd all want to jam after. Oh my God, could you imagine <laughs> this? This is the coolest. Just Tom Petty and Lucinda being in the same room. Could you imagine? And then you well, guys getting to jam with them? Oh yes. No, but yeah, there, there's a good dream, and she's still alive, so who knows? But and then, um, gosh, uh, it's kind of a toss-up between maybe Bob Dylan because he's he'd get along yeah. with it. He knows those people, and he's everybody. Kwame, of can't you just invite the traveling Wilburys? Like the whole that would be good. Crew. Why don't we do that? Well, you said three people. Just so if they, I know if they all invite their friends, we're in good shape. And then um, okay, what we what we'd serve, um, there'd probably be now it's changed because now com- you have a full on party. Like you know, yeah, yeah. You've got so Roy Orbison probably- there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd probably serve some um, IPA from one of the local brew pubs, mm. and. And for drinks, and then and then we'd have water for people who don't want, you know, whatever, non-alcoholic beverages. <laughs> and then uh, we're talking about a whole dinner or just like snacks. What are we doing? Well, I always have get, pie. It's up to you. We make pie. I really like pie. That's good comfort food. And that's road food too. I like to find a piece of pie on the road, you know, at a diner. So we'd have right. pie, and then and then probably for real food. Well. There's a since there's a lot of people and I don't I want to play and not cook I'd probably just there's a taqueria across the street. Sweet, that's perfect. <laughs> that's really tacos good. Tacos and beer. So beer, beer, tacos, and some pie for dessert. <laughs> okay, I love that. This is cool. This is so cool. I want to go to your party. <laughs> just like when I sit there and I'll film everything. I love it. I love it. That's, and I love I, your album. Everyone, again, it's called Other Desert Cities. Go to BayStationBand.com. They're on Facebook as well. Um, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, which is the National Parks Arts Foundation. We love them. They create unique artist and residence programs within national park units all around the country, from the dry tortugas out in Florida on those remote islands to Hawaii's volcanoes. I mean, could you imagine staying for a month as a musician, an author, a poet, a filmmaker, a writer, whatever you do for a full month in a national park? It's incredible. So check it out at nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And I think you need to go and apply for that, Deborah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. It sounds, it sounds perfect. <laughs> I know. Are you doing writing retreats? You could go to all these different parks, Death Valley, you name it, they have it. And we just we love what they do. Uh, it's an important piece, and that's how our national parks got started. It all started with a painting. So there you go. Uh, everybody, don't uh-huh. forget Big Blend Radio airs Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and Friday and Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's been a true pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it, and I I definitely want to 
take the show on the road and come have that party in your neighborhood. <laughs> okay, cool. We have tacos and we have beer and margaritas. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Are, are you going to be doing that? I mean, with this album coming out, that's a really good thing to to point out because I know yeah, we're on your site. Tour. Yeah, we're, we're we're working on some dates. If it doesn't happen this year, it'll be a 2019 spring 2019. Well, keep us posted. You come out this way, we'll come see you, and um, you know, just keep us posted. To everyone, you can follow them on Facebook as well, um, and also BayStationBand.com. They put their gigs up there. And uh, now we're gonna do some boom shaka boom. Are you ready for some boom shaka boom? <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Here it is, everybody. Bay Station Wiggle. Wiggle. We call it Wiggy, by the way, because that's the first cocktail you have of the day. You take a sip, it goes down your spine, and then you shake your butt. So when I saw Bay Station Wiggle, I'm like, dude, this has got to be like our happy hour song. It should be our theme song. (laughs) So here it is, everyone. Bay Station Wiggle. Get your Wiggy out and enjoy it. Shake it. (laughs) 